I think that part of the problem is how we are viewed by the world. Uh, Shelly Janowski shared with me a, uh, a letter that their son, uh, Kevin, had sent to his church. And uh, I thought, wow, this really fits in perfectly. Uh, I had actually had my message pretty much done by the time I got this. And I said, wow, perfect timing uh, of a, a letter uh, from Pastor Kevin. Now I'm going to just read part of it for you. I wouldn't mind Kentucky basketball, except I can't stand their fans. Have you ever heard people say something like that? When I lived in Michigan, there were a lot of rabid Packer fans who took their obsession perhaps a little too seriously. Wow. I almost wore my Packer tie just because of this. They turned people off from the focus of their affection, which was the Green Bay Packers. People started to dislike the Packers, not because of Aaron Rodgers, but because of the crazies who followed and rooted on Aaron Rodgers. Since moving to Kentucky, occasionally I'll hear people say similar things about UK fans, of which I am one. Some people don't like their fans and consequently the program. This makes me sad because in my opinion the Kentucky Wildcats are the greatest organized sports team of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll save my reasons though so you don't uh, write me off as one of those fans. And he says, he quotes Gandhi once said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike Christ. And Kevin says, according to Gandhi, that means sometimes we can usually, or actually, turn people away from desiring a saving relationship with Christ, sort of like those fans we talked about earlier. I want to live in a way that will never be one of those Christians. Turning someone off from being a Wildcat or Packer fan isn't the end of the world. Turning someone off from following Jesus is as serious as it gets. How are we viewed? How are we perceived in this world? This world that is filled with anger and frustration, uh, fear, uh, hurts, things that are going on constantly around us. Gandhi says, I like Christ, just don't like the Christians. Here's what D.L. Moody said. D.L. Moody is the founder of uh, Moody Bible Institute, Institute, and is quoted as having said, The eyes of the world are upon us. They don't read the Bible, but they read you and me. And we talk more by our walk than any other way. We are living epistles known in read of man. The question that I want you and I to consider this morning is, do people see Christ in me? Are they drawn to Christ or do they turn away from Christ because of what they see in you and see in me? Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I I pray this morning that you would help us to recognize where we have, uh, through actions, through words, through deeds, through lack of actions or deeds or lack of words, we have turned people away from you. Father, we pray that as we read your word, as we consider 
the things that you have for us, that you would help us to be a better role model to people around us, that they would be drawn to Christ, drawn to a saving knowledge of you. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, in a book uh, written by Dan Kimball, titled The Emerging Church, he writes that he and his church had filmed video interviews on the University of California, California, Santa Cruz. The questions they were asked were these. What comes to your mind when you hear the name Jesus? Well, some of the answers were Jesus was beautiful. I'm all about Jesus. That's a nice one, isn't it? Even some of them said, I want to follow Jesus. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? That on a secular campus where uh, they probably uh, had a lot of other reactions, but these are some of the action, uh, reactions that they heard just from the hearing the name Jesus. If your friends, your co-workers, people that you interact with, if you were to mention the name Jesus, what kind of reaction would you get from them? How would they view Jesus? Do they see Jesus in you? And in their interactions with you? Well, the second question, what comes to mind when you hear the word Christian? Some of the answers, Christians have taken the teachings of Jesus and really messed them up. (laughs) Some truth in that one, isn't there? Uh, I would want to be a Christian, but I have never met one. Christians are dogmatic and closed-minded. Have you ever heard that one? I hear that one a lot. I really do. Christians are supposed to be loving, but I've never met one who is, I should say, rather than are. People met you, would they see you as messed up, closed-minded, dogmatic, unloving? Somebody that they would never identify as Christian. Well, if you're like me, get to about this point and you're starting to think, well, okay, I've heard enough of this negative stuff. I recognize that I've got some issues and some things, but I hope that people don't see me that way. Uh, So what I want to do today is I want to look at what God's Word teaches us and tells us. The world oftentimes sees us the way that we've described. And I I wonder sometimes, do they see a difference or hear a difference in our language, in our behavior, in our work ethic? our marriages, our families, any difference from the world. I think that sometimes we work so hard at fitting into the world that people don't see us as any different from the world. Well, what examples do we have to follow in this day and age? Who can we model our lives after? Well, Paul... Is an example, a model for us. In fact, he encourages us to uh, follow him as a model. In 1 Corinthians, and you don't have to turn there because it's just one verse here. 
Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16, he says, In Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. As you examine and think of your life, would you write a letter to somebody and say, I encourage you to imitate me when it comes to a Christian walk? Would you be bold and brave enough to write that to somebody? Paul was able to write that. I'm going to explain to you a little bit later why, as he shares uh, even in one of his letters. Well, to the Philippians, Paul writes this. Join with others in following my example. And he's talking in there about how he had lived among them, how he had worked, how he had earned his living, how he had uh, interacted with them, the things that he had, he had taught he was living. He, he was a model for them, and he's saying, follow my example. And again, I think, do we follow his example, and do we encourage others to follow our example? Do we live in such a way that, that we would encourage people, hey, look at me, watch how I live, and, and, and use that as your model? Now, I don't think that very many of us probably would do that. One of the things that, when I'm sharing a message like this, I always have to think of myself and like, wow, I, I'm not sure that I would hold myself up the way Paul did. But I wish I could. And I hope that I can. There are people here in this church that I look at and uh, admire how they walk with the Lord and the consistencies of their lives. And that's what I strive for, and I hope you do as well. For now, I want us to turn to 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 10. And if you're using the... Uh, uh, chair Bibles there, it's on page 1172, 1172. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and I'll begin reading in verse 5. And Paul is writing in the greeting, he says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, and Silvanus is believed to be Silas, and so he's using those three as his example in what he's talking about beginning in verse 5. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, and here's the key, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. There's a lot of power there in terms of what they had done and how they had lived. 
And the encouragement that he ends with is, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. You see, that's the hope that the Thessalonians had. That's the, that's the promise and, and the, the hope that they were clinging to. That's the thing that they were being able to go out and promise and share. So look at what he shares in here. He says that the three of them, Paul and Silas and Timothy had been godly men among them. In other words, when these three men had been there with the Thessalonians in their, in, in their town and in their community as they interacted with them, they had demonstrated that they were godly men. They were Christ followers who were an example, a model that these people in Thessalonica could uh, emulate and follow in their way of living their lives. And then he says the Thessalonians had become imitators of these, even during much affliction. You know, sometimes it's easier for us to model Jesus Christ and, and others when things are going well for us. I was thinking about what Sandra shared about uh, when her daughter said, you know, Mom, we're in a, a bad position financially. Uh, let's, let's stop our, our sharing our money with this girl. And Sandra says, no, it's not just during times of plenty, but it's times even in affliction that we are to represent Jesus Christ. We are to be a model to the world, even during difficult times. Even at times when we don't want to be, even at times that it's hurtful or harmful or difficult to be, we are to be models. We are to live in such a way that people are drawn to Christ. They don't put their hand up in rejection of Christ because they're reject, rejecting the way that you are living, the way that you're complaining, the way that you are grumbling and, and, and struggling with things. That you don't demonstrate a hope and a promise in Jesus Christ. We as Christians should be like the Thessalonians. Even in times of affliction, they were witnessing for Christ. The Thessalonians had become an example of Christianity and people were reporting that. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But, but you think about that. Even during this affliction, they were, they were becoming Christians. They were following Christ. They were moving in that direction. And they had become an example of what Christianity is all about. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be an awesome thing if people in Marquette and in this community, in this region, would say, wow, you're from Bethel Baptist Church? Those people from Bethel Baptist Church in Marquette are what an example of Christianity. Wow, I, I see it in action all of the time. When I think of Bethel Baptist in Marquette, I think of Christ and Christianity. Wouldn't that be an awesome report for people to have about Bethel? About you and about me. That whenever they hear our name, the name of our church, or if we mention somebody in the church's name to them, oh wow, what an example of Christianity that person is. That's what we need to be striving toward. That's where we need to go. And, and the word of the Lord, because of them, had spread everywhere. I love that part. He, he, the word, we, we want the word of God to spread, don't we? Don't we want our Christian word to spread throughout the whole world? You notice what he says here? It spread 
because people were out there sharing it. People were out there not just verbalizing some things, but they were living it so that everyone was seeing it. And the word was spreading from place to place to place. You know, people don't, who are outside of the church don't read the Bible. They read you and they read me. They watch how we act. They listen to our, our language and our behavior. That's what talks to them and teaches them about Jesus Christ. And the Thessalonians, because of what they were doing, the word was spreading everywhere. And wherever Paul went, wherever he went, people were talking about the Thessalonians turning from idols to serve God. Again, wouldn't that be an awesome and amazing thing that, that you know, we take a ride someplace and we go someplace and, 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 and mention Bethel Baptist Church in Marquette and, and people are like, wow. Or, or we walk into a place and somebody uh, here in Marquette, we walk in, into a place and somebody is saying, wow, do you know those people over at Bethel Baptist Church in Marquette? Do you know what they're doing? They're actually telling everybody about Jesus Christ and they're, they're out there serving and they're doing things. They're acting uh, in, in ways that are, are so contrary to the world. They're different than the world. And, and when I see them and I interact with them, I think, wow, is that what Christianity is all about? Wouldn't that be an amazing testimony for us to have as a church? That's what's happening in this nation of Thessalonica, or the city. And, and what had happened there is they had turned from the idols that they were worshiping, and they wholeheartedly had turned to Jesus Christ. They weren't trying to fit in with the world. They weren't trying to, to match up to what everybody else was saying and doing, but rather they were lifting up the word of Jesus Christ, not just verbally, but in actions and in deeds, so that people were being drawn in to the kingdom of God. And I believe that's exactly where we need to go as Christians as well. Well, turn with me just uh, quickly, because I, I don't want you to think that, that Paul would have been bragging about himself in a way that would be inappropriate. So let's just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, just a couple of verses here, though. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's on page 1,138 in the Bible. Uh, Chapter 10 and verse 33. And 11.1. And he's talking again now to the Corinthians. And he's talking about uh, how he has been living his life. And he says, Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage. In other words, I'm not bragging about myself. I'm not trying to, to, to lift myself up here. But that, uh, uh, that, but that of many, that they may be saved, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. You see what he's saying there? I, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not, I'm not one that I want you to, when I come walking into the room and say, whoa, look at him. No, he says, I want, when I come walking into the room, this is my paraphrase, essentially he's saying, I want you to see Jesus Christ. 
when I have an interaction with you, when I come and I, and, and I try to help you to do something, I want you to see Jesus Christ. I don't want you to see Paul and say, whoa, look at Paul. No, he says, I want you to see Jesus Christ. And, and, and folks, I think that's exactly what you and I need. That's the way we need to be living our lives. That when people see us, they see something so different that they are seeing Jesus Christ in us. And they recognize that we are different because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So he says, look at the way I've lived my life. It's a model for you believers. The way I've lived my life is a model for you. Well, Paul was a wonderful model, a wonderful example. Turn with me to John 14, 6 through 11. It's on page 1071. I think I uh, probably like John chapter, yeah, John chapter 14 almost as much as any book in the Bible. I have really gone there more and more and more because of the things that Jesus tells us there in that. But you see, Jesus is the ultimate example. He's the ultimate model for us. And here's what he says of himself. John 14, 6 through 11. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Believe on account of the works themselves or believe in the account of the works themselves. What is he saying there? What is he trying to teach them uh, from uh, this? Well, he's saying, look, if you want to model, I have just tried to model God the Father. This is Jesus speaking. I have modeled for you God the Father. And how can you know? How can you tell? You watch the way that I have lived my life. Well, what are some of the things that Jesus had done in his life that would be a way for them to model after him? Just think about, about some of the things that you've read about Jesus or some of the things that you've heard. How Jesus would walk along the road and, and he would see somebody who was in need financially and he would bend over and help that person. Somebody who was in need physically uh, for a healing, he would go over to that person and bring healing. A, a short guy that was so small that he couldn't be able to see in a crowd, so he climbs up into a tree and Jesus stops and he takes notices of him. and He says, come on down, I'm going to go and eat with you. We're going to share a meal together, and I'm going to tell you all about God the Father. Why? Because he took time to stop and notice this person. 
How about, how about when he's with his disciples and he's got them all together and he, and he, and he takes his robe and he gets down on his knees and he takes some water and he starts to wash their feet. He says, well, look at my way of life. Look at how I have lived among you. I, I didn't get wrapped up in all of the religiosity around me. Instead, I confronted those who were in error and I told them about it. But I didn't live that way. I lived the way God has asked me to live. Follow my way of life. Who are the people that he reached out the most to, by the way? Didn't he reach out to the rejected, to the hated, to the ones that people ignored and, and, and pushed away? Those were the very ones. It's not easy to do. And if you're in the world, it's not a very popular thing to do. But he says, follow my way of life. And he says that everything he does is exactly what God would do if he was here in this world. Can't get a better model than that, folks. His way of life is one that we can follow. Second, we can examine his words. He tells us that, you know, all of the things that I've taught you is what he was talking about. He's, all of the things that I've said, he says, the words that I say, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. He's saying, listen to my words, the things that I have taught you. Well, what, what kind of things has he taught them? Well, if you don't know, there is a place where you can find out, isn't there? You need to get in the word. I'm going to step on some toes here, and I'm sorry for this, but I have to say this. There are some people who come here on a Sunday morning and that's the only time that they ever see or hear the Word of God. They never read it during the week. They never study. They don't ever participate in Bible studies. They don't go to adult Bible fellowships and small groups or any other activities that are out there for us. They think they can get it all when Pastor Brian is up in the front sharing the Word and he does a great job, but that is not enough. We have to be in the word, we have to be studying the teachings of Jesus Christ so that we can learn what being a Christian is really all about. Because he tells them, look at my way of life, listen to the words that I have used, listen to the teachings that I have given to you. The gospel accounts are full of, full of the examples. At the end of John, he says, in fact, if everything had been written down, that Jesus had taught and done, there wouldn't be enough room in all of the world to, for, to hold all of the books that would have been written about that. Imagine that. But we have been given enough of his teachings, and we have to be in his word, and we have to be studying it on a regular basis. God's word, Jesus Christ's teaching, are life-changing. And my challenge is, if you're not in the word, today is the day to start. Get in there and start to read. Read a verse a day. Just start at one of the Gospels and start reading a verse a day and see what you can learn about Jesus Christ. Well, next he talks about his works. 
Again, I, I could start on some of the works of the things that he had done. And if I started here right now, I could probably finish in about six or eight, 10, 20, 50 years. I don't know how long it would take because the works go on and on and on, don't they? His works are amazing and awesome. And you could, you could spend hours just talking about one thing that he had done. He healed. He taught. He fed. Can you imagine taking a couple of, of loaves and a couple of fish and, and feeding thousands of people? Can you imagine reaching over and taking somebody by the hand and they stand up and they're able to walk? Or he just says the words, get up and walk, pick up your mat. Or, or the woman with a bleeding disease comes over and touches the hem of his garment and she is healed. And on and on and on. He says, examine my works. My works are a proof that I am God. That I am a model and an example for you to follow. And you can follow me. And you can imitate these things. I think we all would love to have somebody that we can model or imitate. Somebody who would be different than us. Someone who would be a model, an example that we could follow. Well, we have that in Paul. Even more so because Paul used Jesus as his model, his example. We have that even more so in the Gospels through Jesus Christ. Here at Bethel, we we try to offer opportunities for people to grow in your faith. I'm excited about this next weekend, next Sunday. By the way, it wasn't very good planning on my part, but I will not be here. I'm going to be over in Gladstone uh, uh, preaching uh, there uh, as I continue to try to help that church that is struggling, and please please keep them in your prayers. But uh, we're going to be starting our summer mix-ups. And our summer mix-ups are a wonderful opportunity for families to come together. So, so we match families up together so that they can come and study the Word of God together. And I would encourage all of you, to even if you haven't been a part of an adult Bible fellowship, it's not too late. Contact me. I will get you on a list. But the fellowships are going to start uh, next Sunday. They're in the 10 o'clock hour, and they're going to be all mixed up. And so you have to look at the, the uh, lists that Dennis was talking about earlier. There's four of them, actually, now around the church. You can walk around. You can find your name and see where you're going to be. I will have room numbers up, uh, and we will have opportunity for you to be in there. But as you get together and you study the Word and you, and you come prepared to be able to interact with other people about God's Word, you can help them in their growth and in their spiritual walk. And, and I, I have found, and I truly say this to you, that I have heard and learned things from somebody who's in junior high as much as I have from somebody who's a, a senior citizen. The Holy Spirit can work in people and teach us through them new truths that we need to learn. So I encourage you to come out and and participate uh, beginning next Sunday in the summer mix-ups for Adult Bible Fellowships. Well, we also have men's and women's Bible studies. We have small groups, many, many opportunities to come and to learn so that we may be like that Thessalonian church. That wherever we go, 
the word of God is spread and people are talking about how we are living in a way that is an example and a model of Christianity that is drawing people to relationship with him. How do people see you? How do people see me? When I'm out speaking with a neighbor, when I'm interacting with somebody at work, when I'm talking to somebody wherever I am, at a store, at a restaurant, my generous tipper, when I'm at a Bible study, do they, do they see and hear a difference in me compared to other people who are coming in? That's my challenge today. My hope and my prayer is that we will be people who, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, the way we live our lives, that people all over this community will be talking about Bethel Baptist Church in a positive way, and in a way that would draw them to a relationship and an ability to hear the word of Jesus Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I thank you this morning that your word is true, that your word is faithful, that we can trust in you and believe in you. I'm grateful, Lord, that you cared so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into the world. That Jesus, you came, you lived a perfect life, you set an amazing model and example for all of us, and then you allowed yourself to be crucified on that cross. You died and took upon yourself our sins, but you did not remain dead. Jesus, we're so grateful for that and the hope and the promise that that gives because you promised us that you were going to prepare a place for us. And if you go and prepare a place, you will come back to take us to be with you. That is a hope and a promise, Lord, that we can give and share with a lost and hurting world all around us. Help us to be faithful models and example to a lost and hurting world. We ask it in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.